Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Educational 80 Podcast. We'll be right back with today's guest, but we want to give a shout out to our sponsors. You've heard me say many times, we only have sponsors that I used as an athletic director. They're all great companies. You should be using them, too. So don't hit that fast forward button. Stay with us for the next three minutes. We're just going to give each one of them their shout out. Make sure you check out their websites. Here we go. We want to say thanks to Sideline Interactive Indoor Score Tables and Video Boards. Go to sidelineinteractive.com and schedule a live web demo and see their score tables and their score boards in action. Their products not only generate income for your department, but they also create the ultimate game day experience for your student-athletes. That's sidelineinteractive.com. We want to say thanks to Hometown Ticketing. Hometown is the leading digital ticketing provider to schools and colleges. I don't think I need to say anything more, but Hometown is digital ticketing that offers more, more support, more security, and more customization. The Hometown team is here to help you make the best solution for online ticketing. Go to hometownticketing.com. We also want to thank Vital Signs Wall of Fame. If you're looking for a really cool way to show off your school record boards or all the sports or your school's Hall of Fame, go to vitalsignswalloffame.com. It's also a great way to showcase your school's diverse history and your proudest moments. Mention the podcast, you'll get a nice discount. That's vitalsignswalloffame.com. We want to say thanks to our friends at Huddle. Go to huddle.com and change the way you see the game. As a football coach, I used Huddle for years, but when I became an athletic director, I made sure that our school was a Huddle school, and our coaches just loved the tools that Huddle provided that helped them coach our kids up to their highest level. Go to Huddle.com, join the 8 million users, and turn your school into a Huddle school. We want to say thanks to our friends at Gipper. Gipper is the official social media graphic solution for the podcast, and their team is going to show you how you can create world-class marketing content to help promote your teams and celebrate your athletes. Gipper's used and trusted by over 3,000 athletic programs across the country. It's professional graphic design made simple. Go to gipper.com to get started. We also want to say thanks to Home Campus. Go to homecampus.com. They are the official and exclusive high school and state association management platform for us. It's also your one-stop platform for things like scheduling, all the things that go into athlete eligibility and clearance, including uploading forms. You can even uh, let your parents upload those forms directly and a whole lot more. Go to homecampus.com to find out all the things that they can do for you. That's homecampus.com. We want to say thanks to our good friends at Snap Mobile, uh, which is the parent company. Snap Raise is the platform. Have you ever spent weeks with a fundraiser with little, if any, return? Stop right here. Go to snapraise.com. Hands down, the best online fundraiser out there. We used it at our school with great success, and so will you. It works. Go to snapraise.com. Check out their other platforms like Snap Store, Snap Sponsor, a really cool one called FanX. You'll find it all at snapraise.com. And we want to say thanks to Athletic Surveys by Lifetrack. If you've never used a survey to take the pulse of your student athletes or your parents, you're really missing out. Go to athleticsurveys.com. They're going to create a custom survey that lets you take the pulse of those parents that like to complain 
but also the 98% of your parents and students that have a great experience. And that's a tremendously valuable tool to have when you're talking with a frustrated parent or your principal or your school board. Go to athleticsurveys.com. Let them help you take your athletic program from good to great. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of the Educational AD Podcast. As we've done a few times in our show, we are going international. We're going all the way to Dublin, Ireland, and we're going to be visiting today with J.P. Nurbin. Uh, he's going to tell you a little bit more about himself, but he's an executive coach. He is a consultant. He's also a very successful uh, book author, uh, The Culture System, and also The Sports Parent Solution. Uh, like I said, we're going to take a dive into all of that, but J.P. Nurbin, welcome to the Educational AD Podcast. Hey, Jake, appreciate you bringing me on here. This is going to be a lot of fun. No, I'm excited. Uh, you and I connected on LinkedIn, as a lot of people do now. Uh, thought you'd be a great uh, guest for our listeners. So glad that you could make some time for us. And let's go ahead and jump right in. We always like to let our listeners have a chance to get to know our guests. So give us that quick bio, where you were born, where you grew up. Maybe uh, take us up through your own high school and college days, and then we'll take a break, and then we'll uh, you know take a little take another dive into it. But what's the J.P. Nurban origin story? Yeah, yeah, I, I grew up in Columbia, South Carolina, and uh, basketball was my main sport. I was a multi-sport athlete for many years, but really invested in basketball and was just in love with it from an early age. Was a walk-on at the University of South Carolina after after high school for a year. And, um, that year as a walk-on was, you know, obviously incredible. I got to play Madison square garden, got to travel, you know, the country to, to play at that level. Uh, wasn't, wasn't a great player you know, sat, sat at the end of the bench and didn't make the team in my second year. And, um, so that was actually my first move to Ireland, which, which, you know, I, I had left playing and moved to Ireland on a study abroad program and loved the place so much. I moved there and, and, uh, went and finished out college there and also got my starting coaching there. And I, I was fortunate in Ireland that I played division one basketball and I was American. And, you know, within a couple of months I had, you know, five jobs from coaching, you know, youth under 16s, under 18s to coaching, you know, semi-pro team at the age of 21. Uh, it was crazy. And I spent six years there coaching there and that was a unique experience. And then I got to go coaching the States for, for under 10 years as well at the high school level. Wow. Uh, I want to jump into that a little bit more, but let's go back to South Carolina. Uh, your high school days, were you a big, big town, small town, big school, you know, what kind of environment was that? Yeah, we went to a smaller private high school, uh, Catholic high school, around 50 kids per class. Uh, Carl Newman was its name there back in the day. So um, Yeah. And you mentioned that you were also a multi-sport uh, athlete. What were your other sports besides basketball? Oh, I did cross country. I did swimming. I did football for a little bit there as well. I tried out for the tennis team, got cut because I hit too many balls over the fence and the coach just stopped, you know, got aggravated because we were losing too many tennis balls. So, <laughs> well, uh, you know, you mentioned that, you know, your background uh, when you went to um, uh, Europe, uh, you know, I, I know they play basketball over there, but it's certainly not to the degree that we play here in the States. So, you know, you were looked on and you said at, at 21, you know, you were, you know, a pro, you were a guru there in the country. What was that like, you know, um, coaching adults uh, at that young age, probably players older than you? 
I was so ill-equipped and I didn't even realize it, Jake. Honestly, it was, um, I was thrown in there. I had no formal coach training, coach education. I showed up for the, you know, FIBA uh, introductory coaching course. And the guy that was running the course turned to me and was like, oh, you could probably teach us here. And he had me doing stuff, instructions. And, and I had never coached a day in my life, but because I was American and played division one. So I was really thrust in there without any, you know, formal training. And so naturally I just started to coach the way that I was coached, you know, uh, which wasn't always a positive thing. Um, but my passion and my work ethic definitely helped me to be successful. Wow. Um, looking back at your own playing days, either in high school or college, do you remember a moment now looking back that at the time didn't seem like much, but now as a coach with some experience under your belt, you can look back to that day or that moment in high school or college and you can say, hey, that was a significant moment for me. Uh, anything come to mind? Yeah, so when I think back to my playing days, um, there's honestly like a really negative moment. I, I had a fairly kind of transactional high school coach that really was demeaning to the players and, and would really cut us down and, and particularly a couple of players in, in particular and I, I remember he was trying to work on himself, I think, a little bit and not yell at us that much. Um, and he was a notorious yeller and screamer. And he came in at the halftime after he hadn't yelled all the first half. This was totally unusual. We were like, what's wrong with him? Is he sick? And, and he he blew up on us and said, I, I, forget about that. I, I, you know, this is who I am. I can't change. And, and I still remember that to my this day because I often use that very similar defense of my own coaching of, Hey, I'm a passionate person. And just, I'd let, I'd be emotional on the sidelines. I'd be tossing my jacket. I'd be yelling at the referees, but it wasn't maybe until eight or nine years into my coaching journey that I said, no, we can change. People can grow. Leaders must grow, you know? And so, uh, that was, that was an impactful experience. Cause, cause I think it, you know, set the stage for maybe who I was a little bit earlier in my career, but it also, prompted me to, to seek better ways as a coach. Boy, I can really relate to that. Uh, and you mentioned, we generally start coaching the way that we were coached ourselves. Um, and, you know, <laughs> going to high school and college in the decade of the seventies, you know, uh, I, I had some old school coaches, but, uh, as a young coach, you know, I was yelling and screaming, um, as I became more aware of how to be a better coach I was still a yeller and screamer, but I was trying to yell encouragement and I was trying to scream instruction, you know, uh, come on, you got to punch, you got to keep your legs driving, you know, whatever it was. Uh, I still probably had too many moments uh, that, you know, went the other way, but I, I did, you know, I, I, I tried to get better and I think I did get better too. So thanks for letting me self-reflect on that. For our guest today, or for our listeners today, our guest is J.P. Nurban. He is a uh, coach. He's a consultant. He's an author. We're going to hear more about that, but let's take our first break. But I promise we're coming back. Uh, please stay with us. This is the Educational AD Podcast. We want to thank our good friends at Sideline Interactive Indoor Score Tables and Scoreboards. Go to sidelineinteractive.com and you can schedule a live web demo and see their products in action. Probably one of the best purchases I ever made as an athletic director was our Sideline Interactive indoor score table. 
Of course, we used it for home games, but we also used it for pep rallies, for signing ceremonies. Their products are just tremendously versatile and their customer service, just outstanding. Go to sidelineinteractive.com, schedule that live web demo today. We also want to say thanks to Hometown Ticketing, the leading digital ticketing provider to schools and colleges. Go to hometownticketing.com and their team is going to help you set up Sell your tickets online, not just for your athletic events, but things like school plays and concerts, school dances, even graduation. And here's the best part. Every school is assigned a dedicated client success manager that's going to provide you hands-on support every step of the way. That's every step of the way. Go to hometownticketing.com. It's digital ticketing that offers more. Welcome back, everybody, to the Educational AD Podcast. Once again, our guest is J.P. Nurbin, and he's uh, talking to us today from Dublin, Ireland. Coach, uh, you mentioned earlier that, uh, you know, you finished your college days uh, uh, in Ireland and, uh, you know, began a, uh, to work as a coach, a number of different levels. Talk about that journey from coaching to what you're doing now as a coach and a consultant. Yeah, I mean, I think like a lot of coaches early on, I was really into and enamored with, you know, tactical development and skill development, right? The tactical and the technical aspects of the game. How do I become a better teacher? Um, how do I, you know, create a better learning environment for the athletes? And that was largely my focus. And when it came to culture and leadership, I kind of just thought it was like, hey, you just said it and then you hope for the best. You know, I didn't really take a lot of intentionality with it. Um, you know, there wasn't really a lot of learning to that. I read, picked up and read a few John Wooden books and, and then thought, okay, there we go. I've ticked that box. Um, so as you look at it and over that first five years of coaching in Ireland, I had a lot of success. You know, I, I, I had coached at men's professional, women's professional, won a college, um, women's national championship, um, led two teams on trips abroad in the States and, um, so I had a lot of success in that, that really set me up to be able to come to the States and coach at the high school and got walked right into a head coaching job there at the varsity level, but probably felt a little overconfident in my abilities. And so I really kind of struggled, which, you know, with that shift and, and that change, uh, had some great relationships and some great culture back in Ireland, right? Like there was a special place that I had and a great relationship with my players get, get to the States. And I really started to struggle those first few years. I cared about my players. I wanted to build character. I tried, you know, character curriculums, leadership curriculums, get a leadership coach, all these things. But I just didn't seem to make progress in the way that I had hoped for. And I kind of started, there's different moments in my coaching journey where I started to reflect on and say, hey, I don't really like the relationship of a lot of that I have with a lot of my players. You know, it, it seems very, they're not bought in. This seems very adversarial. Um, secondly, I don't know that I was having the impact as far as the character development that I wanted to see my players and then the culture, it was kind of the, you know, some of those years you just kind of were glad everyone's kind of glad the year was done. And so for me, I started to really reflect on that and, and I became hyper obsessed and focused on culture. And like I said, I had a leadership coach, character coach, all that stuff, but it wasn't until I got a, uh, my own coach, a mentor coach that I'd hired. And my school, my athletic director supported in that process that I started to really 
digging on making some of those changes that I needed to make in my own coaching. And then started making changes in how I laid out my culture. And, and what sparked that was honestly some feedback from my AD, who was very good in that role. And uh, his name is Matt Pobiego, phenomenal guy. And, and then also so a few parents actually gave me some feedback around how I was, how I was leading the kids. And, and I was fortunate to, to be able to find a really good mentor coach that helped me make a lot of changes. You know, you've, uh, uh, you grew up in the American system, you know, high school, you know, some college, and then also now you've had exposure for a number of years, you know, in Europe. Um, what would be your uh, perspective as far as, you know, similarities and differences? Uh, you know, are, are programs generally the same? Obviously, Europe is more exclusive to the club system as opposed to sports and schools. But from a coaching perspective, uh, you know, what's your observations in that area as far as are, are we alike or are we different or is it pretty much the same? Yeah, I think there's some things that are culturally different. You know, like Ireland's very sarcastic, you know, for instance. And, and very cynical. Um, and, and I used to be this really trying to be charismatic, you know, passionate, fiery halftime speech American when I initially coached, but the Irish beat that out of me really quickly. <laughs> they, they just got to laugh at that. So when I came back to America, I kind of lost that. And, and I think that was initially some of my struggles too, was I was really sarcastic and cynical and it didn't sit well with players. So I think there's some cultural differences and, and that you have to kind of pay attention to for sure. But I think that today people are people, you know, there's a human element to coaching and everything needs to be personalized to your context and the people you're dealing with and their struggles and their challenges and their desires and their needs. And so um, I think the same principles still, still are, are really applicable. Mm -hmm. Well, that, that, that's interesting. And I, I guess it's good to hear that, uh, you know, we're, there's more similarities than differences. Um, for the last few years, you know, you have a program, uh, it's a, uh, uh, coaching consulting culture development business. You know, we're going to talk about the books later, but how did that all come about? What was that moment or moments that led you to say to yourself, I'm going to create this? Yeah, it, it came out of my own experience around what helped me to really grow as a coach and really improve my team's culture. Working with that coach, his name was Jamie Gilbert. He had co-authored a, co a book, uh, Burn Your Goals, which I read and uh, really took to and reached out to ask him some questions. And he said, hey, I, I do work one-on-one -on -one work with coaches. And and so I was like, hey, I'm, I'm doing this. So if I can get the money together and I went for it, so impactful. And so uh, kind of in my journey as a coach, my, Jamie encouraged me to start writing. And, and so I started a blog called Thrive on Challenge, you know, taken from the phrase, uh, people with a growth mindset seek and thrive on challenges. Like I said, Carol Dweck's book, Mindset. And I was like, man, that's me. Like when I'm in a challenge, when, I, when I'm in a struggle, this is where I really grow and thrive. And we were actually in a really tough part of our season. Things were really going well within the culture of the team, the foundation had been laid, the work that I'd done with Jamie was really impactful. I was showing up differently as a leader. At the same time, we unfortunately were in the biggest losing season I've ever had in coaching. And so we really, you know, the parents were a little bit upset and they were a little frustrated. And obviously, you know, the fans and there's just that outward criticism, but the foundation was solid. And so I wrote about that. I wrote about, hey, when we, we're having a losing season, but the impact is there and the culture's foundation has been laid. I published that in a really kind of a low point in some regards, point of my journey, but 
so many other coaches resonated with that article, that blog. I got a lot of messages. Thanks for sharing. Thanks for the, you know, that, for that courage. And I realized I wasn't the only coach that struggled with these things and, and, and of insecurity and, and trying to, you know, how do we discipline? How do we hold our players accountable? How do we build relationships? So I just kept writing. I kept writing about the books that I was reading. I was reading a book a week. Um, I started a podcast, start interviewing people, learn from them called the coaching culture podcast. And as I started writing more blogs and, and, and publishing more podcasts, people started reaching out and saying, Hey coach, I need some help. You got, you know, you got some time. And so that evolved into just some kind of more formal kind of conversations where I was doing a bit of consulting, helping them troubleshoot. And then eventually I went and got my coaching certification from Georgetown university and kind of formalized this into a leadership coaching business where I, I work one-on-one with different coaches. And I do go in and do workshops and presentations and speak, but it's not the core of what I do because I believe at the core of what coaches really need is someone to walk the journey with them, help them to take different perspectives and also cut out some of that work around different things within the culture systems, like different tools and strategies to build their culture. And so I try to do all the research and cut back on that and help them to implement some things as well too. Boy, uh, in our next segment, we're going to take a deeper dive into that. But, you know, you, you mentioned something, um, you know, that was impactful for you, that you realized you weren't the only coach out there that might be having a struggling season. And and that's so true for every, you know, f- football uh, was my team sport. Uh, you know, for every coach that goes 10 and 0, you know, there's going to be that coach that's 0 and 10. And for every coach that's 5 and 5 and just pulling their hair out, there's another coach that's 5 and 5, and they're celebrating like they won the Super Bowl. <laughs> because it was a great improvement. So uh, again, the experience, um, it's unique, but it's also, you know, very much a shared experience with somebody out there. Uh, Good for you for, you know, creating that blog and your podcast, et cetera. We're going to give out all that contact information uh, later, but uh, for our listeners, uh, our guest today is JP Nurbin. Uh, We're going to take another quick break, uh, but when we come back, uh, we're going to ask JP to share some of the things that he does with his clients, his coaches, his schools, uh, and a whole lot more. So uh, please stay with us. This is the Educational AD Podcast. We want to say thanks to our good friends at Vital Signs Wall of Fame. Go to their website, Vital Signs Wall of Fame, and check out their interactive touchscreen video consoles. That's right, touchscreen If you're looking for a really cool way to display your school record boards for all the teams, for all the sports, go to vitalsignswalloffame.com. Mention the podcast. They'll give you a nice discount. That's vitalsignswalloffame.com. We also want to thank our good friends at Huddle. Go to huddle.com and change the way you see the game. As a football coach, I used Huddle for years, but when I became an athletic director, I made sure that our school was a Huddle school. And our coaches just loved the tools that Huddle provided, all the coaches, volleyball, basketball, you name it, uh, that helped them coach our kids up to their highest level. Go to Huddle.com, find a complete solution for the challenges you face as an AD or a coach, and join the 8 million users Turn your school into a huddle school. We want to say thanks to Gipper. Go to gipper.com and their team is going to help you create world-class marketing content that will help you promote your program, celebrate your teams, and showcase your athletes. Gipper's the official social media graphic solution for us, and it's 
used and trusted by over 3,000 athletic programs, both high school and college ac across the world. It's professional graphic design made simple. Go to Gipper.com. Start creating world-class content for your school's social media channel. Welcome back, everyone, to the Educational AD Podcast. Our guest is J.P. Nurban. He is a coach. He is a consultant. He's an author. And his specialty is creating and enhancing culture. J.P., um, I'm sure you worked with a number of clients, you know, both schools, programs, and uh, coaches or ADs. Uh, can you share what uh, an AD or a coach might experience if they were working with you, or maybe even share some success stories you had with some teams or coaches? Yeah, usually when, you know, we do a lot of work, just, just to be clear, with sometimes with athletic directors and helping to really um, design the athletic culture they want, which is, you know, sometimes we're coming in, we're doing some sort of staff retreat, but we're also got our online course training and transformational coaching and culture building so that it's, yeah, there's this continuous education that as new coaches come in, they can get this education around what transformational coaching and culture building looks like. But we also really typically, we don't do on-site visits unless there's some plan for follow-up, like, okay, they're going to be getting education at the course. We're also going to do some one-on-one -on -one support with the athletic director and maybe a few of the coaches that are really into this. So that, you know, that's, that's some of the work that we do with athletic departments is kind of setting that, that, that philosophy of the department, but also what are the systems? How are we going to do things here to drive those um, beliefs, to make them come to reality, as well as to, you know, really get the results that we want as far as athlete experience and enjoyment. But when I work with coaches, you know, typically they reach out. Either two things have happened. They're at a really low point in their career, kind of like I was so many years ago, and they're just struggling, right? The, the parent engagement's poor, athlete buy-in's poor, and, and they're just desperate and they're looking for a lifeline. And, you know, I've been able to work with coaches that are college division one to high school that were thinking about getting out of the pro profession and then they're still coaching today, right? I, I've worked with coaches that have been 30 years into it, Hall of Fame coach, um, and said, man, this is it. I'm done after this year. And, and, and I've got a couple of them are still coaching today. And so that's been some success stories there. Um, other, other type of coach that reaches out is just one that really wants to learn and grow. I've been fortunate to work with some really high level leaders, um, working with like people like at USA field hockey, their head coach, Dave Passmore at the moment, just phenomenal leader, really done an amazing job with the culture, but he is looking and they're bringing me in to meet with athletes, to meet with their staff, because they're just looking for that edge. They're just trying to drive that high performance culture. And, you know, that support, you know, is the one-on-one calls is some of it's upstream. We're planning things. How do we, you know, do different team building team meetings. It's also systems for their own lives. So they're taking care of themselves in season, creating boundaries and balance. It's also downstream. So, so maybe sometimes conflict comes up an issue uh, arises. Um, and so we might, they, you know, that coach is going into a parent meeting and it's, we plan out, okay, what's this, how are you, what are the questions you're going to ask? What's your approach in here? So you can be really intentional. So some of it's kind of a downstream issues, but we try to get upstream as much as possible. You know, um, I'm sure everyone's experience is different, but, uh, can you share, obviously we don't want a, a name or a school, but can you share something that, uh, you know, really sticks out for you uh, as a success story. 
Yeah. Um, one of my favorite ones was working with a high school coach up in Wisconsin. He'll have no problem with sharing his name. He's a hall of fame coach named Jeff Boos. And he had just come through a really tough year in this. They lost in the state semifinals, uh, in Wisconsin, the top division there for high school basketball. And it was, it was a struggle that year, the culture, when I stepped in at that summertime, the feedback was, we do not like playing here, even though we were winning games. And so there were some different things that we just met head on. This coach was committed to growing as a leader. He was also committed to doing some things with the team to really be intentional, laying out the culture. And so, you know, that coach would hop on. This coach is in his 60s at this point and Hall of Fame. And yet he still believed that he had things to grow and improve upon. And so um, actually came in and even did a workshop with his team, did some observations, some feedback on his coaching from practice, uh, feedback on the culture. And they ended up with, they lost six players. They're six starters. They had a whole new, you know, top six because uh, they had graduated um, their players and they made it all the way to the state championship the next year. And, but the feedback was, this was the best experience ever. This was the best year. And so not only did we see results as far as performance, but we saw athlete connection and, and, and Jeff went back to really loving and enjoying coaching again. Wow. I mean, and, and that's the experience we want every coach to, to have, uh, not just at some point in their career, but hopefully every season, uh, JP, um, we're going to do this at the end of the podcast, but if one of our listeners wanted to reach out, find out more and connect, um, what's the best way they can get a hold of you? I know you have a, a number of different contact, uh, uh, contacts available. Yeah. They can go to my website, tocculture.com or email me at JP. Nurbin, N-E-R-B-U-N at tocculture.com. If they're interested in, maybe it's trying to get your athletic culture right. Maybe you're looking for one-on-one -on -one support for one of your coaches. Maybe you want to you know, get all your coaches trained in how to be a transformational coach and build a transformational culture. That's going to develop character and really improve the athlete experience and drive performance, right? Because so much of that character development, that personal development, it, it's supposed to be done through the experience of sports, right? Uh, and there's value, you know, being in a classroom and doing some of that stuff there, but we really want to use the sport itself to develop character. And so uh, to do that effectively, we, we really need to train our coaches and equip them with the right tools and strategies uh, as a leader and also to do work with our team. And like, like I said, earlier in the beginning of the podcast, unfortunately, I, I wasn't trained. I wasn't equipped with that, that stuff early on. I was just thrown into the fire. And so if we want to demand a lot more of our coaches and hold them to a higher standard, we have to educate and we have to equip them and we have to support them. Oh, absolutely. Great stuff. JP's also active on Twitter and uh, LinkedIn. So check him out there. He's also a very successful author. We're going to take a break. And when we come back, uh, JP's going to tell us about his books that are available. Great resources. So please stay with us. This is the Educational AD Podcast. We want to say thanks to Home Campus for their support of the podcast. Go to homecampus.com. They are the official high school and state association management platform for us. They're also your one-stop platform for things like scheduling, student-athlete eligibility and clearance, and all the things that go with that. You can even work with your parents and get them to upload the forms themselves. Uh, there's coaching clearance and a whole lot more. As a high school athletic director, I used Home Campus every single day, and it was just a great platform. Their staff was great to work with, too. To find out more, 
All you have to do is go to homecampus.com. That's homecampus.com. We'd like to say thanks to our good friends at Snap Raise. Have you ever spent days and weeks with a fundraiser and then ended up getting little, if any, return? Stop right here. Go to snapraise.com slash E-D-A-D. Hands down, the best online fundraising program out there. We used it at our school with great success, and so will you. It works. Go to snapraise.com. Also check out their platform uh, called Snap Sponsor, Snap Manage, a really cool one called FanX. You'll find it all at snapraise.com. That's snapraise.com. Welcome back, everyone, to the Educational AD Podcast. Once again, our guest is J.P. Nurban. He's a coach. He's a consultant. He's also a very successful author. Uh, he has two books. One's called The Culture System. The other one's called The Sports Parent Solution. J.P., how did the books come about? And then let's you know talk about each one uh, individually. Yeah, I mean, the, the, the Sports Parent Solution, in many ways, is a sequel to The Culture System. The Culture System you know, came about through my work with coaches over the last seven years. What I've realized is coaches have limited time. Right? It's a big challenge when it comes to culture and leadership. Secondly, um, they not only have limited time, but I think we all have a vision or idea of what is important to us and the experience that we're trying to create, but we don't have a lot of practical ways to do that in a way that works. And so what I've shared in the culture system is, is really four, four, four parts to the book. The first is how do you develop your own leadership philosophy? Not a philosophy that just looks good and sounds good, but one that you're continuously aligning yourself to your behaviors and your coaching identity to. It's one thing to say you value care or respect or com competition, but are you demonstrating those behaviors on a day-to-day -day basis? So that we really need to have an individual operating system at the core, and that drives the rest of the system. The importance of the system is that every culture already has a system, right? Uh, and that system is getting you the results that you're currently getting. So this is more about addressing and, and developing a new framework for your system so that you, and, and when you do this, you actually get upstream. So the investment of time and energy in the, developing the system, while there's a little bit upfront, it's more about changing how you do things, how you run your program, how you run your meetings, how, how you discipline. And so Outside of that core individual operating system, you have how we establish the culture, which is culture is the standards and the relationships. So how do you establish those through non-negotiables, co-creating standards with your team, uh, individual um, player development plans, leadership council groups? Then how do you support that, right? Are you supporting it through team building type things that are you know effective? Are you Do you have effective ways of supporting behavioral type changes and you're not just the accountability police? How are you, uh, what's your communication like as a team? How are you reviewing standards? And, and, and at the end is the enforce. So how do we discipline in a way that's effective, a way that actually is research-based uh, through behavioral um, science, as well as effective things that we've learned in parenting and, and, and teaching that are just effective ways to discipline, to enforce those standards in the program. And so Everything is really practical. Yeah, there's some pretty cool stories of the successful pro team, 
But at the end of the day, we have real practical ways of what it looks like for the high school coach, the youth coach, and the college coach, which I think most coaches really appreciate because it's cool to learn how Manchester United or the New England Patriots build culture or they're doing it there, but that doesn't work or that doesn't really apply or make a lot of sense to, you know, a youth coach today. Yeah. Um, uh, again, there's a lot of hairs I want to go down, but we're limited on time. Uh, let's talk a little bit about the sports parent solution. Um, you know, back in the day, I think the philosophy was, um, well, there was no philosophy. Parents stayed in their lane. <laughs> they, uh, my, my parents would never dream of going up to one of my coaches and, and asking, uh, you know, Hey, you know, don't you think Jake should, you know, do this or that, uh, nowadays it, it's different. You know, we understand that, you know, parents are going to be involved. And I think here in the States, you know, uh, through the, uh, let's say the NIAAA, our national AD association, it's not dealing with parents, but they use the term partnering with parents, um, for your sports parent solution, you know, what are some of the things that you share, uh, as whether it's dealing or partnering, uh, with parents for your clients? Yeah, it's, it's really all, all the stuff that's shared in the book is really practical. And it's, it's, it's been stuff that's been used by coaches and it's, and it's, but it starts that what's, what you just shared there. We have to have a mindset shift. We're not dealing with parents anymore. We're partnering with them. Right. We're, and we do that because we recognize that parents are the number one influence in the lives of that athlete. So if we want to help that athlete and their mental health, their development as a character, their development as a player, we need to be partnering with the parent. Also, parents really impact our culture, whether we like it or not. So if you want a great culture and great team experience, we need to partner with the parents to be bought into the things that we're doing and the culture that we're trying to create. Right. So, so important. Um, and so at the end of the day, do we have the right mindset? comes back to that leadership philosophy. Outside of that, how are we establishing that partnership? Really need to be intentional in that preseason meeting. Also, just getting to know them, learning about their names, just getting to know them as a person and letting them see you as a person is really important. And, and we've done some incredible things that I even do when I visit schools, co-creating standards with the parents, getting parents in a room and saying, okay, if this is the experience we want for our sons or our daughters, what can we do as parents to help create that? Getting them to articulate that and share that with each other is always, always impactful. So it's about establishing those relationships. And sometimes we do some really cool events like a parent practice where parents are part of the practice as well before you do that preseason meeting. And that just bringing them into the team experience, what we found is that they get to know other kids in the program and other parents. And they're more likely to cheer for the team and not just their child. Uh, outside the rest of that, you know, it's about how we support and enforce that. And and there's a lot of things you can do throughout the year to improve your communication, to let them come in, to be a part of that team experience. And at the end of the day too, we've got to work as coaches and as administrators to work together, coaches, administrators, to really outline, hey, what are our boundaries here? Where are the things where parents step out of line? How are we going to approach that? Is it on the coach to do it? Or is the athletic director going to come and support them? And then what are the consequences? Because at the end of the day, we have to be able to enforce some boundaries with our young people, our, our young people's parents, because we have to we have to protect that environment to make it safe for our athletes. Yeah, absolutely. You know, uh, communicating to the parents um, and you know the students and you know your constituents, those stakeholders. Hey, this is how we roll. Okay, and you know, talking about roles, that's one of the suggestions. Is you know, don't be. Uh, don't wait for something to happen. Then you have to correct it. You know, let the parents know, hey, this is your role. You talked about cheering for the entire team and not just their kid. 
this is how we roll in our program, communicating it and then, you know, rewarding and, you know, managing when things go wrong. Great stuff. I love it. Um, this has been really cool uh, hearing about your story and about your programs, but we're not done yet. Uh, we always wrap up with something we call the athletic director's toolbox. Now, you're not an athletic director, but you certainly know your way around the world of athletics. So we're going to take our final break here from Athletic Surveys, who sponsor this segment. Then I'm going to challenge you to send out a brand new athletic director on their very first job. But I'm only going to let you put three things in their toolbox. So let's take that final break. And when we return, we're going to find out what J.P. Nurban is going to put in his new athletic director toolbox. We want to say thanks to Athletic Surveys for sponsoring the AD Toolbox segment of our podcast. Athletic Surveys are a quick, easy, and an affordable way for you to collect comprehensive data that will allow you to evaluate and improve your entire program. Athletic directors already hear back from the complainers, uh, those folks that want to gripe about everything. Athletic surveys will connect you to that group, but they'll also connect you with the 98% of the players and the parents that support your program and are having a great time. And that's a tremendously valuable tool to have when you're talking with that frustrated parent or your principal or even your school board. Go to athleticsurveys.com. They're going to create a custom survey that lets you take the pulse of your players, your coaches, and your student-athletes. That's athleticsurveys.com. Let them help you take your athletic program from good to great. Well, hey, it's that time of the podcast. We've been visiting today with J.P. Nurban, a coach, a consultant, an author. Uh, definitely knows his way around the world of athletics. But right now, i am challenged him to send out a brand new A.D., but only give them three tools in the toolbox. So, JP, what three tools are going to go into your new athletic director toolbox? Yeah, the first one is definitely the mutual expectations conversation. Having this with every coach is so important. So the athletic director should sit down with each coach individually and say, hey, what do you need from me to be successful? What do you need from me to be successful? And, and give me three or four things. And so that, that coach communicates that. And then that the athletic director should communicate what they need from the coach to be successful in their role. And every athletic director needs to know their non-negotiables. There are three or four things they really expect from every coach. And so that's the first thing I would give you is a mutual expectations conversation. The second thing is about coaches as well. It comes down to one-on-ones. I think every uh, part of your first one-on-one -on -one could be that mutual expectations conversation. But I also, as an AD, would want to document what are your goals for the season individually and as a team? Where do you currently see yourself in relation to those goals, right? Where do you see the team struggling? Where are your areas for growth as a leader and both as a culture? And what plans do you have? And what's your commitment, you know, to the culture, to the team, to the athlete experience, to growing yourself? So I want to know where do you want to go? Where do you currently see yourself? And what are you doing? What are you willing to do to close the gap from where you are to where you want to go? And then I'd ask, how can I support you in that? Do you need me to check in with you? Do you mean to just give you space to do your thing? Okay. Um, that would be a big thing is just how can I support you in doing that? So those, and I would check in with them. Don't just have that first conversation, document it. And then at least once in, th in the middle of the year, 
check in with those things. How do you think you're doing? Just ask that coach to reflect. Is there anything else you can do in your support? And then at the end of the year, you'd come back and at least check on that. So you'd have at least three formal one-on-ones. These aren't performance reviews. These are supportive conversations. They're, they're development plan meetings. The last thing I would suggest is to invest in your coaches. And that is practical education. Now, there's a lot of stuff that coaches have to, you know, like I feel like athletic directors don't want to give thing, coaches more to do, right? But then yet we get frustrated when our coaches don't deliver. And they don't create a great team experience. And so we have to demand, right, some sort of formal education and training from our coaches if we can ask them to be better, right? But if we don't provide the resources and the training, then we can't turn around and like just hold them accountable uh, if they haven't done those things. So I think a big thing is just, all right, is it some sort of practical education uh, that's going to help them to be more effective as a leader, not just going to the latest X's and O's clinic, or maybe it is providing some one-on-one coaching, right? Obviously that's, that's something I'm really, really big into and passionate about, but having some coaching for those coaches can be really, really impactful. Um, but it, just even something that's free, that's not even online education or one-on-one coaching would just be to have a weekly get together for your, or a monthly get together for all your coaches. And maybe it's your, you give them a book and they're reading a chapter of the book and discussing or a couple chapters, or you send out a podcast, everyone listens to it. And then they come and discuss, but at some point you have to invest in them. And whether that's training, coaching, or just meeting together and having these learning groups, where everyone can start to support each other and share ideas. I think that big thing is just invest in your coaches in some, um, some way or shape. Boy, just uh, very coach centric. I, I love that. Um, you know, meeting, just meeting with them, you know, having the goals um, it's not performance oriented uh, providing professional development. I think all athletic directors want to, provide professional development. Sometimes they just get buried in the minutia of their own job, you know, the scheduling and the transportation and all that stuff, but great suggestions. And uh, your, your first one, supporting them. Um, this was something I did very late in my career. I wish I would have learned it sooner. The best thing I ever did, I just accepted the AD job at the school that I ended up retiring from. And uh, long story short, um, sent out an email to every coach, head, assistant, JV, middle school coach. Hey, come in and meet me this summer. Just want to say hi. Uh, almost everybody came in. Uh, and the very first thing I, I asked them was, what can I do to help you have more fun coaching? You know, what were some things I can take off your table? And it was just so impactful for them and for me. I had uh, a great coaching staff and I had, Hall of Fame coaches coming up to me in the the next weeks and months saying, nobody ever asked us that before. Yeah, and it, it was just so, so cool for me. And I think it was cool for them too. So JP, thanks so much for sharing uh, everything with us. Once again, if one of our listeners wanted to reach out and connect and find out more, take advantage of your resources and listeners, I think you got a great resource here. How can they get a hold of you? Yeah, if you go to tocculture.com, there's a lot of free resources there. You can check out my books, download free chapters, get discussion guides if you want to, you know, do a book study with your staff. Um, yeah, there's so much stuff out there. There's also my online course, you know, where 
rolling that out with three different levels of transformational coaching and culture building. So, you know, and it's, you get access forever to it. So essentially new coaches come into your program, they can get trained up and they have the same training that every other coach has. So you can go to tocculture.com. There's plenty of ways to reach out to me through there or just fire me an email at jpnurbin, N-E-R-B-U-N at tocculture.com. And uh, the two books, uh, let's go and mention them one more time and where can I get those? Yeah, they're on Amazon and Apple Books. The Culture System, a proven process for creating an extraordinary team culture and the Sports Parent Solution, which is about transforming your greatest obstacles to your greatest allies. Yeah, great stuff. JP Nurbin, uh, thanks so much for uh, coming on the Educational AD Podcast. All the best as we move forward into 2024. Thank you. For listeners, uh, we do this uh, just about every day, and we upload the Zoom recordings to the Educational AD Podcast YouTube channel. Of course, we appreciate you listening. Come back next time for another great interview. And again, we thank you for listening to the Educational AD Podcast. We'll see you next time. Mm -hmm.